up, Couch Potatoes. This is obviously Ashley, because who else would it be? Back with another episode of Rabbit Ears. I don't know why I'm doing that with my hands, Drew. I don't know. Nobody can because see that. Pods, but it's so- <laughs> podcast is a visual medium. <laughs> it is. I have my friend Drew Hallam from the Real Feels podcast here with me today. And this is kind of like, I want to go ahead and acknowledge, this is a weird setup. Like, it's a little unusual today, because today, I am the super fan, and Drew is the one who's never seen the show. So... Everything is topsy turvy. <laughs> but before we get into the actual subject of the podcast, Drew, what are some of your favorite TV shows, things that you grew up on, stuff you're binging now? What do you love? Oh gosh. Okay, so growing up, huge fan of the, you know, the quintessential TGIF. Family Matters was an absolute must for yes. me. Yes. Absolutely love me some Urkel. More importantly, Carl. God, I, I, I loved the chemistry between Carl and Steve. It was, it was just, it was so great. And I, and out of like the lineup, you know, from like Step by Step and Sabrina and Boy Meets World and Urkel, I mean, it and was the Full perfect House. two. Uh, and and well, that yeah, dinosaur show, that dinosaur show was terrible. Uh, oh. Slash awesome, like awesomely terrible. I had a crush oh, on. I was like, I it is Jim cr- Henson's dinosaurs. I had a crush on Robbie, the one that had the le- like Letterman's jacket but no pants and the mm-hmm. sneakers. Well, none of them, none of them really actually had pants. The baby wore a diaper. <laughs> the baby did wear a diaper because he was a baby. I loved the idea of dinosaurs because episodes always had adult content, but they adapted it for the tv so it wouldn't seem so awkward like the episode where earl gets brought into court for sexual harassment because he's doing his mating dance like i've literally work. never watched this as an adult i should go back oh, it's on Hulu, yeah you should go it? back and watch it and to to like slide away from that and make sure that like the balance is okay the baby is rummaging through the walls because there was a cookie monster who stole his cookie so it bounces back and forth between earl's sexual clearly sexual harassment case and the baby going like give me my cookie (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i am also i think we're roughly the same age so like friday tjf like that was key programming like we would always made sure like that was when we get like a takeout pizza because mom would go grocery shopping we had to suffer through that but she'd get a takeout pizza and we get home in time for tgif and we'd all watch together as a family it was except for my dad who would go watch sports <laughs> it, it was a perfect perfect little block to where like you know fa- again you're right like family and kids could get together and then they could bond over these tv shows it had good valued and life lessons and then when when and if you were like scurried off to bed, you know, parents could finally sit and watch 2020 with Baba Walters. <laughs> so what else aside from TGIF was your jam? Oh, uh, I, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, growing up, Golden Girls was a huge thing for me. And it still is. It's still quite possibly my favorite TV show. And I, I actually have a poster in my classroom of the girls up on the wall right before you enter. Yes. Is that the coloring book? Yes, the Golden Girl. Yes. And then I have the two Funko Pop bobbleheads of Sophia and Blanche right over here, but I'm not going to mess up my... Yeah, I love Golden Girls. <laughs> like, oh, they're so good. Who's your favorite Golden Girl? Oh, Sophia. Hands down. I, I agree. Sophia, right? She's she's just so good. She's such she, a pistol. She, right. She has heart and she fire, She snaps at you like a fresh green bean. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, she's just perfect. I, I And she gets in everybody's business, whether or not it's like a Rose episode or a Dorothy centered episode. She's going to be there and going around. 
Oh yeah, she's so, she gives it to everybody just the same. Like she's not fucking easier on Dorothy because it's her daughter. She's not easier on Rose because she's dumb. No, she's just uh, one of my favorite things she said was about Blanche. And she said, "When I th- first met you, I thought you were a hooker that wore too much makeup, and now I don't think you wear that much makeup." And now like, I don't think you were there. <laughs> God bless. Jealous, jealousy <laughs> is an ugly color on you, Dorothy, and so is anything backless. <laughs> There was an episode, because I always scroll through, and one of my favorite episode titles was on today. It was Never Yell Fire in a Crowded Nursing Home. I fucking love that episode title. It's uh, They're so good. I actually, I have a shirt that says Shady Pines, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. wore it to work one day, and kids are like, what? I'm like, God, you children. <laughs> so I did the Golden Girls episode a couple years ago, but like that was when I first got into Golden Girls, was only just a couple years ago. And like... It, it, they have already like molded into my soul and I just feel like they're mm-hmm. part of my family. So like, I just, yeah, they have a, a soft spot in my, my heart. Yeah. They're, okay. they're quite, they're quite perfect. So uh, we're vibing so far. I'm feeling I good know, about this fringe deal. I don't think that you're going to be <laughs> mad at me for having you watch this. No, 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 no. Good. So I'm what else? Of anything else? What else? Uh, did, what have you been binging during quarantine in your downtime? Oh God, well, if anything, well, Lots of fringe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, right? Uh, you know what? So uh, quarantine and I mean, like my normal viewing and for personally myself is uh, lots of movies. I, I tend to stick to movies because if it is a TV show, I feel like I have to I have to only watch the TV show. That's what I must be loyal to. At yes. least with a movie, it's one and done. It's a short commitment. Yep. Yeah. I no. will say uh, there is a show I know that you and I are both into, and we stopped at the same time. That's Supernatural. Well, we stopped. We said we both stopped at like the God Sister season, is what oh, I thought. Okay. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, you. Sorry, I remember that conversation. You said that you had stopped when God Sister, and you're like, nope, I'm out too much. Well, I'm it done just, with this. It went so Supernatural. It's, it's so is, much. It's so long and so much. In these 22 episode seasons, we've got to stop doing this network TV. It's just, there's not enough content for this to be okay. So it's so it's 15 seasons now. It's fi- it's in the final season. They have only filmed so much because they had to stop due to COVID, and they are going to come back. They've already, uh, they already said that they're going to come back in October, and the season finale will happen in November. Uh, I originally, when I started watching it, I stopped around season four. And then I restarted it, mm-hmm. you know, once we all got sent home and locked inside our houses. And I am I'm very much uh, ashamed yet proud to say that I am currently all caught up. Good job. So so I have I, I powered house through it. And yeah, that's been the biggest commitment of my time for uh, uh, my binge watch and COVID. Uh, although people over at the uh, the countdown, uh, you know, uh, Comic-Con watch group with Paul and Wayne, uh, everyone over there. I, I did my, what I call my, my fringe or my fringe, my, uh, <laughs> it's on your brain, my friend, my fringe binge. Uh, <laughs> I did what I called my, uh, my franchise binge. And I would always put out a Twitter poll, uh, for the real Phil's, uh, account and people would vote on there and I would actually make my way through various franchises. That has also been a huge thing since, uh, since I went home. So, just just lots of me time. <laughs> well, yeah. I did. So two things. So 
Back to Supernatural, the interesting thing about that is it was only supposed to go for five seasons. So after the fifth season finale, that was supposed to be the end of the show. But because it was so popular, it got continued for more. I think those first five seasons, if it had just stopped at that, would have been the most perfect TV I've ever seen. Maybe even better than Breaking Bad, including the fact that it was like 22 episode seasons. I love I love Supernatural that much. I think they missed a mark with... Even going beyond the fifth season, I think they missed a mark with not stopping it at 13 seasons. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, it's supernatural. Give it a supernatural number. At the sixth episode of the sixth season or something like that. (laughs) And six minutes in. And six minutes in. Just have them walk on. (laughs) Just stop. (laughs) Thanks for watching, guys. (laughs) Just leave. They've missed it. They should have done that. Damn them. What was the other thing? Oh, and then I was going to say, I started a new franchise last night. Dan is doing Halloween for his, um, we used to do Dan Makes Ashley Watch, but now it's going to be Gerald Makes Dan Watch. for. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. So Gerald yes. is making Dan watch the Halloween franchise, so we started that last night. I've never seen any of those movies, really. Nice. Once I finished Fringe, I actually started, uh, and, I, and I was really upset that I didn't uh, start it when it happened, but uh, things got busy. Uh, I started uh, the new Penny Dreadful, City of Angels. I sh- I wanted to watch that. I've always wanted to get into that. Is it good? It's 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 engaging. I I will not deny that it is not engaging. It's um it's it's a it's a huge diversion from what the original series was because the original series was very much supernatural and monsters, and this is like real life. It's it's 1939's L.A. and it's dealing with a lot of the uh, the Chicano residents and putting in new motorways that are going to probably like uh, take place of their homes. You have lots of racism. You have Nazi parties in LA. It's, oh, so it's today. It's, it's today. Yay! Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very big difference from uh, taking, uh, taking a huge leap from the, the overtly supernatural and like werewolves and, you know, Frankenstein men from season one. Okay. I mean, I've got nothing but time. I've got a couple things that I still need. I still want to catch up on uh, Peaky Blinders. And then there's a couple other things. But yeah, there's that's on my list. What has also been on my list that we've knocked out is Fringe. But before we get to that, that was a terrible segue. <laughs> I'm leaving it's it a, in too. Fuck it's it. okay. Fuck it. I'm not getting paid. If you guys have a problem with it, skip 15 seconds. Uh, Fringe premiered in 2008 alongside of Breaking Bad, which I just mentioned. Um, True Blood, The Mentalist, and The Real Housewives of New York, which is number 22 on IMDb for, I don't know what category, but it is, and I'm including that. Oh. I love The Real Housewives. I've got Dan watching The Real Housewives for the first time of New York. He's on, he just finished season three, which is like the best season. And now he gets some of my references, which makes me super happy. (laughs) The movies that came out that year. I've we recently did 2008 when we did Breaking Bad so like these are not going to be the top tier movies I'm just addressing that already um 27 Dresses Cloverfield which is very good In Bruges uh Sex in the City which was terrible and then Be Kind Rewind which I saw once and I think I remember liking it it's like Jack Black and he works in a video rental store and they make their own movie was I high it, did that happen I don't know <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't. I mean, was that the name, dream? the name sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah. I cannot. I don't know. I cannot uh, think of it off the top of my head. It doesn't. It doesn't sound too familiar as to like I can give you a plot. 
That's fair enough. The music that was popular that year was Pocket Full of Sunshine, which got stuck in my head far too often. Single Ladies, Love Song by Sarah, Sarah Bareilles, and then Paper Planes by M.I.A. I think it's pronounced M.I.A. or Mia. Someone with all the sound effects in it. You know what it is? It's like... I'm a I'll, terrible person when it comes to like names okay. of songs. I have to hear it. I literally, like, so, like, normally in previous iterations of the podcast, I would have sung that, but that song has too many sound effects for me to even attempt without sounding like a fool, so I'm not going to go there. Moving on. (laughs) Fringe aired on Fox from 2008 to 2013 with five seasons, 100 episodes. It was created and written by J.J. Abrams and Alex Kurtzman. It's rated an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb and ranked number 79 on IMDb's top 100 TV series of all time. It is about an FBI agent who is forced to work with an institutionalized scientist and his son in order to rationalize a brewing storm of unexplained phenomena. Starring Anna, Tor- Anna, Anna Torv. Not that <laughs> she is Australian though. I did not know she was Australian. Oh, does she cover her accent up really well? Like, yeah. um, like, um, gosh, I can't think of her name, real name, but Scully. Yes. So, like, and she was also in uh, Mindhunter. Jillian Anderson. Jillian Anna- Anderson. Yes. <laughs> Which there is some overlap, I think, between X-Files and this, but... Oh, there's a definite uh, influence, I would say. Yeah. So other people in the show, Joshua Jackson, which is the reason that I watched the show to begin with, John Noble, Jessica Nicole, Lance Reddick, and Blair Brown as Nina Sharp. All right, so Drew, you have had you even heard of the series before I suggested mm-hmm. it to you? I feel like nobody knows about this show. Okay, so... The name, the name again was like vaguely familiar, but I know for a fact that I had never watched one single episode. So what so, did you, what is your overall, like, what did you, what do you think? Okay. What do you so, like, what do you like about the show? Oh gosh. Okay. So I, I, I love the fact that it is, it's like an homage to X-Files, but I think it does something a little bit better than X-Files. I think you have a more convenient set of plot points that actually come to a bit of a fruition. I think there can be slight continuity issues, but I think that's also to deal with what happens in said series. Um, try not to like, Oh, you can spoil it. People. Yeah. So if you haven't watched <laughs> fringe, it's available. I know it's annoying, but it's on IMDb TV through Amazon prime. Yes, there's ads, but it's free. It's worth it. Just watch it. You got nothing yeah. else to do. Just watch it. <laughs> So anyways, you... It's 90 second ads. You can get up and pay. Yeah, it's fine. Or you can check Instagram. It's fine. Which I did a lot. I feel like this show is like a... The thing that came to mind for me was like it's a blend of like X-Files and House. Like mixed together. Because you've got like each episode, at least in the first couple of seasons, is like you're dealing with some supernatural weird fringe science case like that you have to kind of like you've got the episode to wrap up that case but it all contributes to an overlying arc of the first season you've got like zft and there's these different fringe events that are happening that are connected to the pattern you're trying to figure out what that's all about so it's like all it all builds on itself but yes spoil the fuck out of it who cares (laughs) if you haven't watched it you're not going to enjoy this discussion just skip ahead wait for the next episode no, you're right. I, I I would I would even say that the idea of House kind of like playing to the idea almost of uh, the 
the lineup of episodes, but more so to the character of Walter. I mean, you have also with the the, the romance in X Files in house, at least with Fringe. I mean, Peter and Olivia got together faster than Scully, and, Scully. And, and Scully did. <laughs> but how many times were Peter Peter and Olivia ripped apart? Like it was just like ad nauseum. These two people like finally get it together, and only to be separated by some crazy situation it's over like I'm not, not, not going to lose you I'm not going to lose you again I'm, I can't lose her I can't lose her again can't lose her again oh not again it's heart wrenching I feel like their relationship it doesn't have the passion of some TV show. like you get like these like super sexy characters that are all like passionate and like hair whipping but these two like I feel like they're more based in reality and their relationship has is more grounded which like makes it more relatable and also like more aspirational does that make sense no i think so too because you you watch them grow again i mean you have incredibly relatable characters where for a while olivia is 100 percent business and she's always the skeptic and then she eventually kind of like drinks the kool-aid and comes into the fold to realize that like, oh, this is French stuff. Okay, this is going to be, you know, our Monster of the Week episode. Oh, I'm a French stuff. Okay, well, fuck you, Walter. <laughs> and and all this nonsense. But then, I mean, everything that kind of like plays into it where you realize that it it's like Peter and Olivia were, were destined to be because meeting in the flower field and everything just like led up to this or at least that reality led up to this. Right? That's the one thing. So, like, I'm not going to skip ahead yet. I'm not going to skip ahead yet. I'm going to keep one train of thought. I want to talk about characters for a minute because Walter is one of my favorite characters, and John Noble's performance in this show is like nothing I've ever seen. The man was freaking robbed of an Emmy. Oh, my God. He he wasn't, wasn't even nominated. Was not nominated for an Emmy for it. I don't believe so. He fucking sells every... He's got so many different characters to play because you've got like Walter Net and you've got different timelines and then you've got Walter when he's a feeble old man out of the institution just wanting his son to be in his life and then you've got him like when he's got all pieces of his brain he's an an arrogant son of a bitch or he's tortured and like like experimented on little kids like there's so many fucking layers to this character and he executes each one beautifully and convincingly like he had me crying multiple times Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, he, and it's the slight moments where even, you know, Peter's character. And I don't think he realizes like how important it is to Walter, but also to us as the audience who have, you know, kind of drudged our way in some cases in some episodes when he and I and I think he only does it like three times or I could be wrong, maybe four like when three. he call when he calls him dad and you see Walter like damn near break every single time. And he tries so fucking hard to like win him over and to recount for the lost time. Because he knows what a dick he was as a father. Yeah. He knows what a horrible person he was because he can see it now. He's had 17 years in the institution to reflect on it and like be broken down to this point. And then like when he's he knows what a great man he used to be and now he has to have a babysitter and people do like check up after him and it's just like so emasculating to him as a like a intelligent like he thought he was a god and now he's like somebody's fucking charity case. Like Yeah, no, yeah, very much so. I mean, 
you you ride along with him and you share that same fear for I think about halfway through maybe the first season where it's it's a constant fear that he's going to be sent back. Yeah. Like he's always worried that like, you know, he's either not going to do a good enough job or he's going to cross some line, anything possibly. And I mean, it's brought up again even later on in the final season. Yeah. Where again, the fear, I mean, it and it's interesting to note that like, you know, could things be worse or even better in various timelines? And you have the same type of plot points that propagate. Hi, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) He he can't not be included. (laughs) That propagate the idea that everything is synchronous for the characters, regardless of where they are in the world. That's so then like this gets into the mind fuck of this show for me. So like. On occasion, I enjoy a little bit of weed. So, like, if I would smoke weed and then watch the show, like, my mind would be fucking blown by some of these things and concepts that they bring up, like alternate realities, parallel universes, alternate timelines, fucking future people coming in. Like, it's just there's so many things that, like, don't seem logical, but in today's hellscape, like, anything is possible. So it kind of, like, fucks with you. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the idea that, they didn't solely keep to the whole like monster of the week episode. I like you that had, they didn't. Right. And I mean, it was, it was there for a while and then mm-hmm. they would change it up and it would be singular episodes. And then, you know, every once in a while, like, I mean, every, every single TV show is going to have filler, but at least with this, this type of filler that they had for this show, it seemed pertinent to pay attention, obviously, because some things, though small or even obvious, we're going to be attributing towards either like a small part of the storyline or even something big, but then they go back to the fact that it's a filler episode. It could be like 30 seconds, but it's going to be something important that you're going to recall later. Yeah, you need something from every, ep- well, not every episode. There's there's some, <laughs> I'm going to be 100% with you. So I watched this show for the first time a few years ago, but I don't think I finished it. I got somewhere in season five, in dystopian future i might have even gotten no because olivia was there so somewhere in season five and i quit on this rewatch season four bro i almost fucking quit and said like i can't finish this show (laughs) season four was fucking atrocious and when it got to like the special episode 19 where you see the observer like bad future and then i skipped ahead to read episode descriptions i saw that's what all of season five was i was like man i can't do this (laughs) i was i was so ready to be like bro fuck jj abrams he got me again fuck this dude but then season the, five redeemed itself. Season five did redeem itself. I do. I do like the fact that for the for the entire time, you're having this mystery of the observers mm-hmm. and you're not sure whether they're good or bad because, I mean, they're just they're they're doing what they do. They observe. They watch. They eat their spicy jalapenos and then they jot in their notebooks and look through their binoculars and then they, you know, they carry on. And then I mean, they fuck off for 20 episodes and you don't see them and then they're all of a sudden back for an episode. J.J. I mean, Abrams, you, stop doing that. <laughs> and you didn't even have, you didn't have like any idea where they where they actually went until you saw, and I'm not 100% sure if it was him, but it might have been September, who saw the Observer child in the back of the car being taken to the it safe house. It was September. Okay, so you have him randomly just like look and go like. Hmm. <laughs> and then you Dude. just fuck off about that kid until like the last half of the last season you're like oh but like it that's what i like is that there's all these seemingly dead ends that are dropped and then they all not all but a lot of them are tied up at the end so i feel 
I feel good about some of that. Some of that I was annoyed with throughout watching. And in my notes, you can see, like, why the fuck did we do this? And then it just, like, never, nothing ever came of it. But then... Yeah, some things didn't really... Not that it didn't have to happen, but it seemed too convenient to make it, again, back to that episodic formula where, oh, I made a videotape. Oh, it's locked in amber. Oh, we need to find, you know, tape seven. Okay, well, we have, you know, one through four, five, nine, ten, eleven. Let's go find the others. And, I mean, like, lo- unlocking the tapes, going out to, in like, it, I mean, it's Walter's scavenger hunt. And that's, I mean, that's all it that's really is. That's scary enough as it is. Like, right. who knows where that's going to take you. And even for something that I thought was going to be, like, a real, real problem, when Peter uh, upgraded himself. Whoa, you ain't lying. I, that I thought that dark. was going to be, right, I thought that was going to be a horrible, horrible thing. And then, I guess it was just quickly dealt with. He just needed Olivia to tell him, like, come back to me. He just needed, he was, he was losing himself, and she's always been the strong one, so she, like, pulled him back from the brink. She she did. However, him fighting, teleporting, going behind and snapping the observer's neck was like I, I watched it, I was all like, I'm gonna I have to rewind that again. That, <laughs> that was just that was awesome. He nightcrawlered him. <laughs> he did. And like you see, like oh, I was getting scared for him a lot. And I've got a Joshua Jackson clip out from a teen beat magazine looking at me right now as I'm talking about this. <laughs> But, like, I was worried for him, and he was going to a very dark place, and, like, his hair was falling out, and he was just so focused on revenge, and he was missing, like, how, like, it was hurting Walter, how it was hurting Olivia, like, that he was just, like, because Walter needed him. He's like, you're the one that's supposed to keep me from, like, going and becoming that man, because he got the brain pieces reattached or whatever. So he was scared Mm -hmm. about becoming the piece of shit that he always had been. (sighs) We've gone off on such a... (laughs) <laughs> I think we're just gonna go into freeform discussion of everything. Whatever. It's and it's perfectly it's perfectly fine. It's it's your it's it's your show and how to do it. One thing I never and they, actually this might be one of your you know little uh, talking ah. points, but something I never understood and I don't know if it's kind of like verging on the uh, the precipice of being a little bit sexist. Uh, no female observers. I noticed that there's I because I was thinking about that. I was like, why are they, why is it all white men in the future? What's that now, about? I mean, like, I mean, like, here's the thing. If you're going to have this this like futuristic world where like emotions are completely done away with, if you're going to, you know, Christian Bale equilibrium this shit and everyone has to take, you know, their medicine. I forget what the medicine is called. But why, why are you not having either a society where everyone is literally completely androgynous? Like, it doesn't matter, like, what you were born as. Like, maybe there are no more genders because everybody, everybody is grown. Right, because they all do, like, that, like, fucking gen. It's like a maturation pod, yeah. Yes, maturation pod, thank you. I was yeah. like, generation? That's not it. <laughs> I mean, they're what generating, I mean, yeah. but no. I mean, they, they, almost try to, they almost try to make them look as androgynous as possible because, they, I mean, they don't have any hair. They're all pale white. They look like they stepped out of, uh, you know, Glengarry Glen Ross. It's... <laughs> It's this whole world of, and I do love, I do love the flat emotions of them. I, I was very, very much into that. I, I because they're not going to process emotions, and nor, the, nor are they going to show it. I like so in the fifth season when you've got the whole observer fascist regime, and what I noticed, I picked up on it, was in the fifth season. There's a whole lot of people that are dressed in like 40s garb, like kind of like 
And it's those are the people that are the loyalists, and it reminded me of, like the Nazi era Germany stuff. Like it mm. was very that kind of feel. I was like, I feel like that's what they went with the forties because that was like the last well, well was I mean, the even, last fascist regime. Even the loyalist like outfits who were military, who were yes, like, the it was military very, and the police, very much. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like yeah. that was interesting. I forget what the fuck were we talking about. Now I've lost myself. <laughs> oh. They were talking about, because they learn all about the observers, and they talk about, because September, who turns out to be Donald, which is, like, a total weird thing to see him as, like, a regular human. But they can, and they can revert back. Apparently, because I thought that once the thing... The, Yet he went and saw... Yeah, that who, once who did he go and see? Did he go and see August, or um, whatever the guy, he opened the door, and he's like, I thought I would never see you again. The, the older man. It was December. Yeah. December. Yeah. So, like, I thought that once the technology was removed, like, it could only, like, after a certain amount of time it was implanted that, like, it would kill you if you took it out. And that's, and that's your brain. But the observers are smart enough. Maybe they know how to remove it and they think it's a punishment. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. But, like, you learn that in 2167, this scientist discovered that you could bypass or reroute brain functionality instead of to emotions. It would go to higher thinking and higher thought processing so they start that's why the th observers have no emotions because they've foregone all emotions in favor of higher brain function yeah everything is everything is logical everything is explained which is i like that because like mm -hmm. now we know what the fuck is happening like what the fuck is this future yeah it's dark is what it is okay so let's go back a little bit to season one because there's a couple mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. season one charlie is one of my favorite characters it's olivia's like original partner he is like, he's barely in the show, but he is, he warms my heart. He makes me so happy. He's like a little bit of comic relief when, because Olivia's team with Walter and Peter has not gelled into a level of comfort yet. They're still very formal mm -hmm. and like on edge with each other. So like Charlie's that little bit of like tension relief. I was really sad having to see him die so many times. Yeah. I mean, even the alternate Charlie, who I really enjoyed, like, you know, like the, the scar on his face and he's still living with the with bugs the, and he's got inside the him. <laughs> he's like, I hope it's not bugs. <laughs> I did like him. I, I, I enjoyed uh, for what he was. But, but I mean, you're right. When you have like the introduction of the shapeshifters and you see a flop down Charlie corpse and then you see the uh, you see the shapeshifter like, you know, removing the device in order to morph himself you're like no, he's 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 motherfucker <laughs> and then i was hoping with the timeline readjustment that maybe we'd get him back but no which they didn't even they didn't they didn't tell you they didn't tell you that it was the alternate universe when you saw him again you're all like he's dead is this out of sync because i then know sometimes that episode. happens there, there was, was an episode, an episode. like that yes, there in was. season two it was a season one episode that they stuck into season two and didn't even fucking address it i was really annoyed by that I also noticed a season four episode that could have been in season five. It happened way too soon. They were in the future far too soon. It was the special episode because each after Brown Betty in season two, which is the one they do the detective story with, because Peter mm -hmm. just found out he's from the other side and Peter was not going to be with them for a little while. So like this was an in-between episode. And then the episode after that, they did a Peter on his own episode. But, like, I like that also they give them time to breathe. Like, it's not just going to be everybody's back together and fine right. after something that traumatic. But after that Brown Betty episode, each, like, 19th or so episode of each season, they made it, like, a special, like, episode, something off the beaten path. So that's what that episode was in season four. And I hated it so much. 
It was so fucking okay. bad. It was so like I didn't give a fuck about anybody in that episode. Season four was already a fucking chore, and then that happened. I was, I was ready to give up. There was there was quite a bit. I I did like the introduction of the variation to already established characters like Astrid, where you have her being very diligent and, you know, dealing with Walter and never getting her name right. Again, maybe two or three <laughs> times throughout the entire five seasons. And then you have alternate Astrid, who's, and, okay, again. She's it, on no the one, spectrum. She, she's she's yeah. clearly autistic. But, and and it's it's almost heartbreaking when she has to ask normal Astrid, like, do you, would your father, or like, do you think my father would have loved me if I was normal like you? Oh my God. And you're just, and, oh. First of all, let's even back up, because oh. Astrid's reaction to alternate Astrid when she screams, right. and they were like, I wonder why nobody does that. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, but she's, she's like, I think she's probably like the only person who's like truly excited to meet oh. her, her other. She's and she just gives like, her such a hug, and she calls right. her sweetie, and she's so, like, gives her so much acceptance that you know she's been needing like this show gives so much character development look at our reactions for these fictional characters like <laughs> they do such a good job of and even i think that's why i didn't like season four because you spent 60 episodes getting to know these characters building up this history and there with was them. so much flip-flop and then it all fucking was dropped on season four and you had to start all the fuck over again so the first season is one universe you learn i think about the second universe partway through the second season is kind of flip-flopping between A and B universe. And I really like seeing the alternate characters on the other side and seeing the differences. And, like, that yeah, was fun. Yeah, no, 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 100%. 100%. Love that. And then season three, you had Olivia, Folivia, or Bolivia, switched places. <laughs> and then they're fucking with Machine. And then season four, the fucking Machine got turned on and they alternated the timelines. And then you're just fucking lost because you have like you've got already two universes you're mm -hmm. keeping track of, and now it's a new timeline, two universes, and you have no idea fucking which way is up. I don't so like that. I, I was trying to like recall and count. I mean, there's obviously universes A and B. Okay. Yes. Then you have a third timeline. I would almost count it as like a separate universe, or at least the history of one universe was altered when Peter was snatched away. Right. Okay, so but now then he you... was, but then he was kind of snatched. It was different on both sides because Walter Net on the other side in the alternate timeline was not an asshole. He was a good guy, right? So like shit right. was fucking different because his son wasn't stolen. His son just died, so he wasn't bitter. Yep. And then you all, and then you almost have like a, I would, I would almost say like a fourth reality come into play when you actually. I, I want to count like it's either three and a half or like four different timelines that we see throughout all five seasons. Yes. So, it's a I mean, mind fuck. I, I think that's the probably like the only like true, true issue that I have is like the continuity, I think, should be either explained or at least like prep you better for the yes. jumps. Unless you're supposed to be as confused as the characters themselves. <laughs> the only indication you got as to what you'd be seeing. So like the intro credits, if they were blue... It was A universe original timeline. If it was red, B universe original timeline, orange, new timeline, anything goes. So I learned very early on because <laughs> when it would say skip intro, I'm like, yeah, skip intro. I don't need to watch all of it. <laughs> no, I'm telling you guys now, if you are going to watch this for the first time, 
Watch every single one of them. <laughs> you need to know the color, man. Because you need to know the colors. There's there's a difference and a change in like whatever the background images are. The the stupid like like the leaf, the apple, the horseshoe, the or pan. the horseshoe, the, the seahorse, the hand. You see so much, and it's all little clues. It's all, it all little comes clues. Up. Everything comes up. You see the pocket dimension. Which has the, the freaking symbols on all the apartment building rooms. I d- <laughs> this show is fun, though. Like, it is I will very give it fun. This show, you can tell somebody fucking dropped some acid or some LSD and was like, let's fucking write a show, baby. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I, but, I mean, you have brilliant minds coming from it. Like like you said, you know, J.J. Abrams and Alex Kurtma, uh, Kurtzman and uh, also uh, Roberto Orci. And people like yeah. they they worked on like a lot of stuff together, so I mean like obviously it's going to come out and do something brilliant. I mean it's something that J.J. Uh, Abrams did that I truly truly loved uh, was Persons of Interest. Never saw it. Oh, it was it was very very intriguing. It was very good. Uh, dealt with a lot of like what would happen if AI got into the wrong hands. Isn't AI always in the wrong hands? Maybe. <laughs> if you have AI, if you're rich enough to have AI, you're probably an asshole. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, so let's go down the road. What are there any characters that you didn't like? I this was is not a hard. A hu- I, I think it is a hard one because everyone for a show like this actually plays some form of importance. Yes, and uh, I mean one that I don't necessarily see him playing a huge importance, except for more so of like. Uh, Olivia overcoming certain qualities in herself is uh, Sanford Harris, who was the dick boss who was like overseeing everything in Fringe. And he really had like a hard on to like stick it to Olivia and say like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. You're up for evaluation. Go wait in that room for 20 minutes. No, the helicopter's waiting. Oh, I'm sorry, Olivia. Yeah, he was he was a dick. He was a dick. And um, I was not sad to see him die. Mm -mm. That was so (laughs) satisfying. There's just, I feel like this show is so fucking dense. It's, it's. I mean, 100 episodes is a lot, but, like, there's so much that fucking happens. Like, mm-hmm. the whole Cortexa fan stuff and him, like, the Belly and Walter testing and, like, genetically altering children to be, like... And then the whole ZFT manifesto was very fucking Unabomber, by the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was creepy. Oh, but uh, my my character I didn't like was Etta. I didn't. She, I never fucking got into that chick. Like I get her as a person, but like the actress wasn't doing it for me. The character she was just. I get her as like an idea, but in mm-hmm. execution, like she did not do anything for me. It seemed weird that she almost had to become this hardened character, and I get for the world that she was in. I get it, but even like when she was trying to make the security guard talk. And she kept like de-aging, not de- not even de-aging. She was aging, aging him. Sorry, him. she was aging him. And yeah, it, that was dark too. That was super dark because she's she's doing it out of out of line sight of everybody. And I mean, she's all like, "Yeah, would you uh, would you care to talk? No, okay. Well, I just I mean, it's it's very Princess Bride. Like I've just stolen." Two months of your life. <laughs> she fucking aged him up fast, though. Like, she, oh, the, she's the, the gray hair, the the blind eye, the, and yeah. Olivia. And Olivia tries to help. She's like, "Give him water," and, and you know, Ed is like, "Don't do that. He'll die. He can't have water for five hours." I don't know what water would do to kill you, but sure. He's Whatever. been deatomized, <laughs> apparently. 
all these fucking like pseudoscience terms. Like, I feel like some of this is just like, yeah, we're going to science up this storyline. But I mean, there's enough that they're saying that kind of like makes sense in a simple mind like mine that I'll just follow along. So like, that's fine. Um, the other thing I'm just going to jump around. Cause like, this is where my notes are taking me. There were You're so good. many fun little sci-fi references. Like, first of all, you've got William Bell being played by Leonard Nimoy, which is mm-hmm. like awesome. And you've got a little bit of like star Trek references leading up to that. So like, but even like I knew it was coming. So it made me more excited when I heard it. But then, like, you get Christopher Lloyd in an episode, which was him and John Noble playing together with them both having lost their sons. Like, yeah, the emotions. It it was super fun to see, like, certain people come in and do their cameos. I I absolutely loved the fact that Leonard Nimoy did play, you know, William Bell. And it, it was ironic to who we know him as, you know, which is Spock. And it's the whole Star Trek thing. And the whole thing of, like, you don't mess with time in Star Trek, but that's all he was doing was <laughs> fucking with time. And I, I mean, that's the other thing. Like y- you have William Bell and Walter both, you know, doing the Cortexafan things, but you only see Walter doing it. Mm-hmm. You never really see like William Bell, like getting in there going like, all right, and here's your injection and a lolly. <laughs> Well, so then you've got William Bell in the original timeline. Seem I well, also Nina Sharp. You don't really know which side of the coin they fall on if they're helping or hurting until kind of towards the end of the season. Two-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then little parts of like season four where you're all like, "Oh no, Nina's just a bitch." Yeah, both, ver- both versions. They suck. <laughs> But then you get the version that raised Olivia and it's just like, right. you don't know who you don't know what to trust with your brain. Oh. Anymore, you've seen four different versions of the same character. Exactly. And when, when, when they're sitting down, she's all like, we had breakfast every Saturday. Do you not remember the entire last week? And you're like, oh, OK, this is the nice Nina. All right, then. <laughs> so lost. Speaking of Nina Sharp. How boss was it in the season five when she was comparing the fucking observers to lizards right before she killed herself? She's like, do you know why? You tilt your head. <laughs> it's so a- really, you're the animals. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and then she, and then she, you know, offs herself. I, I loved that moment, and it was the idea where, again, the irony of and, and coincidental of comparing, you know, S- uh, Vulcans Spock to the observers. September started to get emotions, started feeling love. Then you had uh, the captain started feeling hate oh my gosh obsessed with getting these people yes his this this vengeance this is all that he could think of it was obsessing him however it was super satisfying when he tried to probe the michael the kid and his his eye burnt his eye the blood vessel in his eye popped nose was fucking bleeding and he he couldn't get there and the kid just looking at him like come at me bro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was so satisfying. I will give this show that. You get some really fucking satisfying moments yeah. with some real assholes. Um, <laughs> Philip Broyles, I loved him in every iteration of his character. In any universe, he was always a stand-up, decent guy. And yeah. I felt bad for him like when he got so consumed with that case with the artist, which, by the way, is one of my favorite episodes. You've got like the mm. kid that you find, the child observer you find in the tunnels, and the artist who kills Becky Connor and makes her look like a fucking... I don't know, supermodel in front of a church. 
But like he's he became so consumed with this case originally that it cost him his marriage, cost him his kid, like cost him his whole family. And then when he finally solved it and he went and told his wife he finally solved the case and like then her now now husband comes up and is like, Hey, good to see you. It's just like I'm so invested. It's a roller coaster with trying to see how everyone is going to deal with the different issues that are arising. And everything is as it as it comes to be is stemming from who and I don't care who you are when you watch this show, your favorite character should damn well be Walter. If and it's every, not an observer. And everything and, and everything is his fault. It is. And he feels like so, everything is his fault. And he feels so shitty about but it. But like he was just trying to save his son. And so like you He was. He was. But then like even like the future or like the previous experiments that oh, came yeah, before. That, like, you know, Peter Peter was sick. And and that's as you said before, like that's the relation to like house. Like he's going to do this for the sake of science, not for the sake that He's going to feel bad or how is it going to how is it going to affect a kid when you slice off like a piece of his arm to see if it's going to grow back? If that's his ability, he's going to do it for the sake of science. I mean, like when he when he brought the the dove or the pigeon back to life in the lab and then it suddenly dropped after 45 seconds and he was all like, oh, I thought it would I thought it would go longer. Picks it up, hands it to Lincoln. Hold that and walks away. Well, right about in the last episode when he goes, Peter, Peter, look, I told you it'd be cool. And there's an observer that got shot that's floating because it was a helium bullet. Yes. He's he's just like he's such a complex character. And like even in the brown, I think it's the brown Betty episode. Yeah. When he his character in that is like some scientist that like comes up with all these things that bring joy to the children. But it turns out that he like goes into kids dreams and like steals their dreams and gives them nightmares in order to get like it's fucking fucked up. Some stuff gets like super, super dark. Yeah. And it's it's very intriguing that way. And I do love that aspect where it's still allowing because everything in this world of fringe should be explained by science. But when you get some super dark shit like that, like you don't necessarily want it to be explained by science. You just, you just want it to sit there and be horrifying. And that's, what's going to drive you to like, again, to continue and go on to the next episode. Like, can they top this? This so man, (laughs) where do I get? So there's a couple, we've been kind of bragging about this show. There's a couple of down, (laughs) a couple of bad episodes. We talked about season four being a trudge. Um, the couple episodes where Olivia was possessed by William Bell's consciousness really creeped me out. And she was like sexually harassing Astrid. It was like. Now, now, my dear. <laughs> that shit was so weird. I did not like those episodes. I didn't. It's not that I didn't overtly dislike them, but you're right. It was very weird. I mean, when she tried. To do this voice, which is clearly not Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand the voice that she tried. She's all like, now, if we get me to a new body, this will be how it will. Yes, that's exactly like, right. No, <laughs> stop. Stop this. It was creepy. If it if it actually like was like uh, Leonard Nimoy doing a voiceover and then her like mouthing it, I think it would have been funnier. But. Obviously, it had to come through her vocal cords. Yeah. But it's his mannerisms and... It's just eerie. Yeah, that, that was kind of weird. Um, still in season four, when uh, uh, when William Bell, Leonard Nimoy, is showing his proposed, you know, new Eden. 
the hologram pre- presentation to Walter. Yeah. I'm like, okay, why? What is How this? How do you even Who make cares? two universes? How would you survive in order to create a universe if you're in the universes that are getting imploded? Well, remember, there, there's that eye of the storm. That, oh, you're The right. one town oh. that was not going to be... So there's always going to be like the eye of the storm you know, type of place. But even then, like the, the jump to that universe where William Bell, it's just randomly explained when they're searching for William Bell. He's just alive. Yeah, he just is. Like, he just is. It's not the fact that his soul is stuck in the bell. What the fuck, <laughs> his by the way? Did he just disappear and when he rang the bell and he never came back? I okay. Is that what First happened? Up, I, I, it's a horcrux. That's all it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. I I've noticed with like other TV shows and various fans or like d- different fictions out there for uh, different industries, you have things that are stolen from Fringe very clearly. Like the typewriter that types back. Uh-huh. Supernatural. Supernatural stole that. Oh. They did. They very much used it. Now it's not. Didn't, it's not type 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 type, and then Supernatural started in two thousand five, didn't it? Yeah. Well, but the but the season that it happened, it was later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't the whole type 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 type. Look in the mirror, and then you can see it. They just had a typewriter where if they typed on it and then sat back and waited, a response would automatically be typed out. Well, they also but had I'm, the Thomas Newton whatever the um shapeshifter villain he was one of the angels that was in supernatural he was sebastian that's all i could think of every time i saw him and then the other guy (laughs) david robert jones was in mad men Hmm. did you see mad men oh i need to watch it again i watched it the first time and i don't know what i was expecting not something that methodical for sure Mm. it was just it was slower and more character driven than i was expecting but i watched all of it i need to watch it again now it's been a few years Upcoming episode, Mad Men. Look for it whenever. <laughs> so I do want to address, there's a couple of, this is my note, I'm just going to read it verbatim. So I said, this show often goes a few episodes without mentioning the main story arc to the point where the episode is barely relevant and I have to jog my memory as to where we left off when we finally return to the main story arc. And J.J. Abrams' signature moves, starting and then forgetting about or not finishing storylines like Detective Amy slash Meghan Markle from the beginning of the second season. Rachel and Ella just fucking disappear after living with Olivia for so long. And then it's like offhandedly mentioned a few episodes after they disappeared that they're in Chicago. Whatever. So you so you had him or you had her leave the leave the husband. Right. Who is now the ex who is now the ex-husband. And then you're right. Then suddenly they're They're gone. gone. And then in the reality where Olivia is like, I'm not crazy. I remember her husband. He's a dick. And it's like. No, they're married, and they have two kids. What? So, again, like, you're right. Certain things are not, it is the continuity of, you're not explaining it properly, you're not setting it up, you're not setting it up for your audience, unless you genuinely want them as confused as the characters in the show. In which case, why the fuck isn't Olivia more concerned about where her sister went? She's an FBI agent. (laughs) Hello? Right, she doesn't doesn't even call her to, like, check in on. She just disappeared. I think she disappears in, like... Episode 10 of season two. And then she comes back in the Brown Betty episode where she's like playing a character and like, oh, you guys do. You do remember that these characters existed. So I'm not crazy. And they're not there at all until they're mentioned like somewhere in season three. And they're just I always wanted like the the other Olivia to go and check in on mom. Like, why? Why did she not go check in on mom? She does eventually get to see her mom. 
Because she felt no, no, she no, no. I know, oh, yeah, yeah, I know she does. But like when she, I know was, she does. Yeah. But but it's when she was our Olivia, trying to be convinced that she was the Olivia from the alternate universe. Yes. But alternate Olivia, you never see her go and see. No, <laughs> never. She does, she doesn't enjoy that. So speaking of the alternate, one of the most heartbreaking scenes for me was when original Olivia comes back into her timeline after Olivia was like living in her apartment finally got together with peter bishop and like she's everything in her apartment has been tainted like she's doing laundry she goes to laundry there's a load that's in there that's got like peter's shirt in it and she just like breaks down like she just she can't get this bitch off of her shit like she's everywhere she's ruined everything and she just like breaks down it's so fucking sad and it's weird how much like they almost they bond it's weird how much of a friendship or or even like I guess an appreciation that Olivia gains for faux Olivia for faux Olivia. And it's weird too, because you don't like faux. No, you're not, you're not meant to like her, but by the end, when she starts bonding with Walter and you kind of wins him, you can tell that she's really developed these feelings for Peter, that it's real. She's happy. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, she's like happy by, you know, mid to late season four and even into five or not even five, but like late to see uh, late four. And yeah, she's like, she's like a happier Olivia. And they, they even tell each other, like, there are parts of you that I really wish I had. Yeah. And she's like, that oh, was really? so sad. Uh, when all the different, when they were finally like, as much as season four annoyed me at the end, when they were saying goodbye to their counterparts, knowing that they'd never see them again, really, that was a little bit sad. Yeah. And everything shifted and then they disappeared. But then in season five, you did get to check in with uh, Olivia and Lincoln Lee. And then yep. that I really liked because Olivia had to cross over to get the Observer kids. So you got to like check in with everybody over there and see them all aged up and what mm-hmm. happened. That was nice. I feel like I said, I feel like they tied a lot of stuff up. I do like the line when older, <laughs> um, older Olivia and Lincoln, just like quit checking out my young ass <laughs> and they're walking down the hall. Oh, I love Lincoln Lee. He's such a sweetheart. He's like a badass. I, and like, that's the one thing. Like, so both sides, Lincoln Lee have gone through the mm-hmm. exact same life. Their lives have been exactly the same as far as they can tell, but they're two completely different people and they don't know where the fuck their paths diverged. Right. I, I liked that moment where they kept talking to him like, high school? No, I don't understand. We both went to the academy? Yeah. Did you do it to show up to dad? No. Okay, neither did I. Ladies, if you want to get off the comm and share your story later, <laughs> we're trying to do a raid. <laughs> God bless them. I was sad when he, there's there's a lot of fun moments in the show. And then like in the alternate universe, you've got the Twin Towers are still standing. Like, it's just, there's... I, I think that might have been the biggest shocker to realize like something is something is very, very different. And it, and I think they made that purposeful to that being one of the first things that you see mm-hmm. when when Olivia like shifts over into Bell's office. That's the first thing she sees out of the view is the Twin Towers are standing there with the light yeah. reflecting off of them from the sun. Like, it's just cool. This show's I don't know cool. why dirigibles are a thing in this universe, but whatever. It's all good. All right. So what, if anything, would you change about this show? I can go first if you want. Yeah, you can go. I I have an idea, but I want to try and like formulate it. Shorter (laughs) motherfucking seasons. That's it. (laughs) That's it. I feel like the idea for each season is good. Like if they had had a shorter season four where he was like, trying to fucking merge. I got so confused with this timeline merging and Olivia getting memories of the old Olivia. Like, was she really the real Olivia? Which she wasn't. It was so fucking, conv- if they had fucking simplified that shit 
and like gotten Peter, if there was just make it easier to understand for me. I'm dumb. And shorter seasons. Like, let's keep it on. Like, I liked that about season five. Like, this was the goal. You needed to find the tapes. You had to do this. Find the plan. Boom. Done. And that's what the whole season was. There's no bullshit off to the side. Let's keep it focused. Yeah. I, I don't think it necessarily needs to be something short like like a British TV series where it's like 10 episodes. No, but 13. Maybe like, maybe like 13, 15. And then you're done. Like, I mean, just straight to the point. Uh, I would honestly say that, again, and it's something that I'm kind of like, you know, beating a dead horse with, but I think the, either the continuity issues need to be explained better. Yes. Or, yeah, or set up just like, uh, better for the audience. Just like, easier checkpoints or reference points so we know what the fuck's going on. Besides, like, the intro, like, title cards of color, like, Right. Some- and, it, and it's not... And it, and it's not always consistent no. when they say like previ- previously on Fringe, but you're it's like season three, but you're going to show an episode from season one. Like, yes, it was previously on Fringe, but it wasn't, you know, the episode I watched five minutes ago. Yeah, I have no I mean, fucking clue what's going on. Is this Nita Sharp give a re- good or bad? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I also didn't like that we got David Robert Jones back for the main villain for another whole season. Like, what was the point of that? I'm trying to think of like what was the actual necessity to bring him back for that many episodes. After, like that was a like lot. after he was cut and after he was cut in half, he was dead. And I and I guess like he hadn't. I don't but know. But it's alternate had, timeline, so that didn't happen. Right, right. Then, and I mean that was even like his face when Peter was questioning him. And I guess he hadn't had time to do his own like tomfoolery and kill a whole town or blow up a train or something. Like, I mean. Wh- like who cares? Like you're 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 being you're almost like you're almost doing things as if like the Joker would. You're just doing some randomosity to finally get attention, but there might be a secret plan that you don't want to tell anybody about. Right. He was too aloof and he was too much. I already had my fill of him in season two. He was good in season two, and then it was too much in season I I mean season four was already season four and he did not help. Season four needed to be gone. Four episodes of what season four was. Condense it to four episodes and then bring some carryover from other. Like, I'm going to do a, like a fucking board over here where I'm going to reimagine the order of things and just like move some season three into season four and then shorter. Right. Because, you know, we totally needed a uh, a second variant of Shapeshifters because that was somehow necessary. It was a variant season I... one episode in season four. Like, I don't need a variant episode. I thought it would have been really, really neat that if the future came about for the shapeshifters, that you actually had shapeshifters working for Fringe in a in a random alternate universe, like as the ultimate spy. Right. Or see, I mean, that would have been neat. That or they neat. could have worked with the observers. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what they should have had instead of loyalists, because humans suck. Should have had the advanced shapeshifters or the loyalists. I wanted to know exactly. I mean, like the 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 piece that you know, went in the back of the head. That apparently was the only tech that That's was it. in their body, supposedly. Apparently. And and that allowed and that allowed him to see everything in real time and future and past and jump from, you know, A to B and Nightcrawler the guy. But apparently this was also the tech that allowed him to time travel. Here's what I don't get. So when Mark and Pacey have their whole fucking duel where they hate each other and it's like, you are here, you're manipulating each other's timelines, whatever. And then Pacey pulls the tech out of his head and he says, okay, I'm going to be human. Why, if when Mark is consumed by hatred, did he just not fucking fuck with him and like kill him? 
He had the he had the advantage at that point. Why did he let him go? Right. It doesn't make sense. Because he wouldn't get he, maybe he wouldn't get all of them. I don't know. It was and maybe that's his case. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, that was another like weak thing that happened. But it's okay. I'm letting it go because season five, for the most part, redeemed my faith in the show and made me happy to recommend it instead of saying just watch the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Do you have anything else that you'd like to talk about before we get to Mary Bang Kill? Oh, gosh. I was looking at some of like, the segments that you had. Do you have like, favorite running gags? Yes. Um, I loved the fact that Walter always had to be snacking. But more importantly, <laughs> when he was investigating something, he would like lick it <laughs> all the time. Or like he would have to or he would like taste the brain matter. I mean that that shit just it was hilarious. Or he would be eating Twizzlers hilarious. with no glove on while doing an autopsy. Like he was forever eating in the most fucking disgusting of situations. It was it was pretty hilarious. I mean or, or like you know he would hear a bell and he would he would like pass off like a you know a severed arm and he's all like, "Oh, hold this." <laughs> That would be my. That would be my quiche. <laughs> you have to like run away. He's so fucking he's, endearing. He's so kooky. He's so he's, kooky. He's and you're right. He is endearing. A perfect mad scientist. Like he was the scary mad scientist, and now he's like the endearing mad scientist. Someone I had I had seen um, had left a comment. I think on a uh, like a fre- like a best of friends YouTube channel or episode, and it said like he is the OG Rick Sanchez. <laughs> But I think he's I think he's definitely the Rick Sanchez that cares more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think if he I think if he had all parts of his brain, then he would definitely be Rick Sanchez because he's going to do everything for science and not whether it's going to hurt. No, there's no moral compass with the with all the brain intact at all. Uh, the other running gag was obviously him never getting Astrid's name right. But then when he does at the end, yep. it like just makes you want to like choke back a tear. I don't know why. I almost thought like there, excuse me. I almost thought that there was going to be a love interest for Walter and Astrid. Maybe I just love their relationship. They have like when there's one point where like he's outside and she's buttoning up his coat and he's like, you don't have to do that. She's like, well, maybe I like to do that. And like, you can tell like maybe she needs him needs to you know mother him as much as he needs her. Like, it's just, they have a very sweet relationship and you can see it starting mm-hmm. to form like in the first season. And it just kind of develops from there. Like when they're in Chinatown, and he, oh, I, I made several notes on that scene because like she followed him and wasn't trying to like be seen. And then he saw her following him and he felt like so fucking bad about himself that he needed somebody to follow him. And then he got lost and he couldn't remember Peter's the phone park, number. The, the bus bench scene, oh, the bus yes. bench scene, it made it made me teary-eyed. That, I have that. The bus bench scene, he's trying to talk to the woman. He's like, I know that it's these numbers, but I can't remember what order, and I've run out of change. And he's just like, oh, this brilliant man it's, is just like helpless yeah. and fucking lost. Oh, he breaks my heart. Yeah, that, that whole moment just... I mean, if you don't feel something there, you're kind of a monster. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. You're an observer. You're an observer. <laughs> you're a lizard. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first with mary bang kill and this is just open now are we do are we doing mary bang kill with all characters or like all the characters. main cast nope, all characters open whatever characters. you want because mine's specific for one of them so like i want to marry peter bishop because obviously josh's reaction has been like my fucking crush for 25 years and then i get walter bishop as a father-in-law so like double win I'm going to bang Lincoln Lee 
because I, I don't need to explain that. I, that should be fairly obvious. He's a gorgeous man and he's a very sweet man. And then I'm going to kill the original timeline for Olivia because she fucked up my girl Olivia's life and she really made things bad for her. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm getting very specific. <laughs> the original timeline for Olivia. Goodbye. I know she grows on us, but like, I really, there's not, because I, I was trying to think of characters that I would kill. And like, obviously there's Windmark, but like he gets his in a just way. You know, everybody I feel mm-hmm. like dies when they need to, how they need to, for the most part. So that's what I'm going with. And actually, no, because even when she's cool with her, that's in season four. So that's alternate timeline for Olivia. Stand by my choice. Original timeline for Olivia. <laughs> she's the worst. Well, okay. We are going to, uh, we're going to bang Astrid. Original timeline Astrid, because I think she's just cute she's as a adorable. button. adorable. I, I really think that she's adorable. And, and she's a badass. She's also, what, she's also on The Good Doctor as, you know, the romantic interest. Mm. So you get to see her more and more on stuff nowadays. Uh, we're going to marry Walter. <laughs> and be, simply because I, I don't think it needs to be a marriage of sex. It can be a marriage of, like, I enjoy your company and you own one of the biz- biggest businesses. Right? Ever. So no, I totally scientific experiments and adventures all day long. <laughs> that would be awesome. And uh, we're, we're just going to kill Sanford Harris again. <laughs> Slowly and painfully. Just just gone. Just just gone. Do it away with. I yeah, it's it's not it's not necessary uh, for him to uh, be around again. And even like especially this what was that in season one or season two? So it's been like a decade since that happened. Like 10 years did not do any favors to his treatment of a female like coworker at all. Like he, Oh no, no, that, no, no. Especially moments age. where it got like, yeah, where it got way too intense. Like when he would like get up in her face yeah. and you're like, mm, this is, this isn't, this is a P no. this is, this is not okay. This is an HR moment. Yeah, This is bad. You're, you're making a bad career move, sir. I'm glad you died. A bad <laughs> and he was, oh God, what a, what a dumpster fire he was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Drew, tell the people where they can find your podcast. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you guys can find the real Phil's podcast every other Wednesday on uh, pretty much any podcatcher out there iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, what have you. Just search for The Real Foes Podcast, and we'll bring you a different movie genre and a new movie every two weeks. What's your next episode, do you know? Or your most recent oh, episode? Gosh. Well, you know what? It actually, it uh, the, the clues were guests today. So, uh, and this is going to come out this next week? This comes out, no, in two days on Friday. And, oh, it comes out on Friday. Oh, that's fine. So next uh, episode is going to be our music genre, and we have Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. That just, Dan was literally just mentioning that was added to some streaming service, and that's what he wanted to watch, so. Oh, good, because Dan's the one who guessed it. Oh, well, that's perfect. <laughs> I had no Dan idea. Dan guessed it in like a, he, he guessed it in like a minute. <laughs> like, it was an auto, it was a scheduled uh, tweet, and then I next thing I, I like wake up, look at my phone, and I'm like, oh, it's been a minute. Good job, Dan. <laughs> He's too fucking smart for his own good. I'm editing that out. He's not going to hear that. Fuck you, Dan. You suck. <laughs> You're a dumb asshole. That's all staying in. <laughs> well, Drew, this has been a pleasure. I can't wait to have you on yes. for another episode. Thank you for trusting me and watching 100 episodes of a show. I, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. Oh. I There's very few things where if it's a TV show that had piqued my interest, I at least would have tried it. And this is, I don't know how, I don't even know how it uh, kind of like 
flew by my radar, flew under I'd it. I'd never I don't heard know of how. it. I would. This was in the middle of the economy turning to shit the time before this one. So I think a lot of people maybe weren't worried about watching TV. Maybe. I maybe, don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I think the, the biggest highlight of like 2008 was like, I mean, the, the, the Beijing Olympics. I was two years I mean, years you had Michael Phelps college. getting eight medals. I was fucking getting shitty every night, probably. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing in 2008. Nothing productive. <laughs> Wasn't good. Anyways, that's it for me. Um, next month is going to be aforementioned Dan. We're going to be talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, and this is my first time watching it. We just finished season two, so now we're going to be watching season three at some point. So yeah, that's the next episode. And then in October, Gerald's coming on because obviously Gerald loves Halloween, and we're doing The Addams Family. I know. I'm so excited. I love those fucking old shows so much. So stay tuned, and uh, I don't know. Wear your mask. Don't be a dipshit. Vote for Biden. Vote. Whatever. I don't care. Don't don't make a bad choice in November, y'all. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. Bye. Bye. Looking from a window above, it's like a story of love. Day. I'm moving farther away Won't you need